Now, just a quick message before we go into the podcast. Resourcing Tomorrow is Europe's largest and most in-depth mining conference dedicated to the global sustainability goals and is coming to London this November. The Minds and Money event will be held at the Business Design Centre on the 29th of November to the 1st of December. Companies like Rio Tinto, Barrack, Madden and Anglo-American are attending alongside 2,000 other decision makers, mining leaders, policy makers, investors, innovators and educators from over 75 countries around the world for three days of learning, deal-making and paralleled networking. It gives you a chance to see some of the majors and juniors, uh, what they're forecasting heading into next year, and you'll be able to catch up with like-minded professionals in the industry. So don't delay and book your tickets now at resourcingtomorrow.com and use the code DIGDEEP10 in capital letters to receive 10% off your pass. These details will be posted in the show notes accompanying this podcast. Now onto this episode. Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. Today's guest is Andrew Cooper, who's an energy specialist with New Gold, uh, a Canadian focus producing gold mine uh, with a portfolio of two core producing assets uh, located in Canada. Um, and also they have a stake in Artemis Gold uh, Blackwater Development Project um, also. So Andrew's an enthusiast and um, an energetic strategic energy management specialist um, and is an international energy member of the Year Award um, winner. Uh, and also in t- 2020, he was inducted into the fellow member with Association of Energy Engineers. Um, in recognition of his uh, significant contribution to energy management. So um, certainly an expert in um, in his field. So in today's episode, he wants to sort of outline why energy conservation needs to be a key component of any mining uh, company's low-carbon objectives. So um, this is definitely a, a uh, an episode that we can all learn from. Um, and obviously, it's something that's going to be growing and being implemented into more so into our industry um, moving moving forward. So that's welcome, Andrew, to the podcast. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing very well. Uh, thank you, Rob, and uh, keeping well and enjoying life. That's good to hear. That's what, that's what we all need. We all need to uh, keep well and, and, and enjoy life. And obviously, energy is part of, of our life. So... Um, first of all, just wanted to, wondered if you can give us a um, little bit about your background, your career, for people that don't actually know of you or heard of you. Just wanted if you can give us uh, give the audience a, bit, a little bit of a flavour of your um, your expertise and your background and your career. Yes, sure, no problem. Well, you can probably tell from my accent that I'm originally from from North America, and you have a very international audience, so most people would recognise that I'm from the southern part of of Africa. I'm actually born and raised in. Uh, in the metropolis of Bulawayo in Zimbabwe. Uh, I studied to be an electrical engineer, and I grew up studying initially on the gold mines in South Africa as an engineer. And then over the course of the years, I 
moved back to Zimbabwe. I spent some time there and on the on a with Anglo American at a, a ferrochrome refinery in in Zimbabwe. And then I moved back and I worked in the steel industry in South Africa and the petrochemical industry in South Africa. I then had an awesome stint as uh, selling life insurance in South Africa, which was a uh, an awesome development opportunity and a great growth uh, a growth development opportunity. I was then recruited to be the electrical engineer at a gold mine, uh, sorry, a gold mine, a salt mine in uh, Ontario, in Canada, the largest underground salt mine in the world, actually, and that was a great learning experience. After being promoted to the engineering manager, I was then headhunted to be the energy specialist at New Gold's New Afton Mine, where I currently am now. So I just wonder if you can, before we obviously go into your more, I suppose, specialization, just wonder if you just tell us a little bit about New Gold and, and, and I suppose also your role within New Gold as well. I really can't speak too, too much about the actual mine itself. We have two operational mines and my role is at the New Afton Mine where we became the first mine in North America to actually implement the ISO 50001 energy management system. And we have redeveloped a comprehensive energy management system. And over the course of the year, the mine has won numerous awards for energy management systems at the mine. So we're really focused on improving efficiency and as a result of efficiency improvement, uh, GHG reduction. Um so obviously your your uh, your specialization is around obviously energy and energy conservation. Um, why is this obviously important in I suppose in today's world and obviously in in the mining industry? Energy conservation is at the end of the day all about minimizing waste and maximizing efficiency. Within our industry, we have a lot of waste. And in fact, energy waste at a mining operation can account for up to 8 to 10% of your energy expense. Now, when you consider that energy is a mining company's second biggest expense after labor, uh, that 8 to 10% can be significant. If you take a, a large open pit operation with the annual energy expense of, say, $100 million a year, that 8 to 10% can account for 8 to $10 million that's being lost every year just through energy waste. So energy conservation has got a lot to do with the minimizing of that waste and maximizing efficiency and getting rid of that, uh, that energy waste. Our core energy waste is the, basically the, the low-hanging fruit uh, in, the, in the energy basket. It's there for the picking. It's easy to get and easy to eliminate. And that's why energy conservation focuses on reducing that energy waste. And how would you say mining as an industry compares to other industries? Um, you, may, you may know this answer, you may not. But what would you say, uh, how comparable is it mining to other industries in terms of their energy conservation? Or even how much do they, do they waste more than other industries? I can't give you specifics on the different industries. But what I can tell you is from reading uh, numerous studies and, and articles about the benefits of uh, minimizing waste through a comprehensive energy management system, the numbers are consistent across industries, whether it be forestry, pulp and paper, mining. It's a consistent 8 to 10% reduction of your energy costs and energy use through the minimization of energy waste. So it's a consistent consistent theme that you'll see across many industries. I know you go into any any mine, 
operating facility, industrial facility, can you ask a question? If you see something not working quite right, you say, well, why are you doing it that way? And the typical answer would be across most industries because that's <laughs> that's how we've always done it. And that, that is a consistent across boards. I was in a, a steel plant and same answers come across from people. They're doing things in an old way because that's how they've always done it. And that builds in waste into a system. And so that 8 to 10% is pretty consistent, Rob. Um, obviously, you just briefly mentioned this. Um, obviously, you tackled uh, all the low-hanging uh, fruit. What, what are your thoughts on that? And what do you specifically mean around that? That's, that's a, an interesting question because you hear a lot of, lot of companies saying, we can't do this now because we've tackled all the low-hanging fruit. We've, we've addressed all the easy wins and tackled the low-hanging fruit. But what I have found from my experience is that low-hanging fruit is the what I call the magician's hat of, of energy savings. I, I think back to my youth, and I used to sit there and watch television before the days of these brilliant illusionists and magicians we, we have around the place today that we see on television. But you, you see a magician used to pull rabbit after rabbit after rabbit out the hat or endless streams of ribbon out the hat. And I find it's the same with, with energy waste. There's an abundance of low-hanging fruit. And the more low-hanging fruit you pick from that low-hanging fruit tree, the more low-hanging fruit appears. But you have to sort of nurture that, that tree, Rob. You can't just pluck something and then hopefully more low-hanging fruit will grow. First of all, you've got to pick that fruit because you, those fruits are the easy wins and gives you energy to continue on. But you also have to tend to the tree, nurture the tree, and engage your employees in the process because they do help uh, generate more of that low-hanging fruit. It's just just recently, an, an opportunity came up for reducing ventilation energy, another gigawatt-hour ventilation energy. And we've been doing this for... Over, over 11 years now, and big opportunities just keep coming up, keep coming up, keep coming up, and employees keep coming up with amazing suggestions. So what are some of the larger scale projects or issues, would you say, that are not low-hanging fruits, that are maybe more prominent within a mining company, that if they tackled that, then the low-hanging fruit would have would not necessarily always be there. So what are the big issues would you say around any energy conservation what mining companies would need to improve on the one big thing in 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 my opinion rob is the implementation of of a a company-wide system and direction for managing uh managing energy Uh, there's a lot of 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 companies who are putting out uh are low putting out low carbon statements low carbon objectives uh, and Within those low carbon objectives, there's a big component of those low carbon objectives that can be addressed primarily through energy conservation. Now, that, that's 8 to 10% of energy waste that you, you get from implementing a system accounts for up to 15% of your greenhouse gas emissions. So if a mining company, for instance, has set a target to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions by, say, 30% by the year 2030, just focusing on energy conservation can get them 50% of the way there. So how do you address that that low-hanging, that that energy conservation component? And that would be, first of all, making a decision, a decision to implement some sort of company 
company-wide energy management system to focus on energy conservation. You, it's not about just doing one project. Okay, we're going to put a ventilation management system in place at our underground operation, for instance. That's great, and it's important to do, but just doing that alone is not going to get you where you need to be. You need to have a system which engages employees, generates employee awareness, and builds the operational aspects of mining, milling, all the operations, finance, procurement into that, that system. And that system alone then will drive energy conservation of facilities. So you know, to answer your question, the first thing I need to do is implement some sort of form of energy management system. Why should energy conservation be the cornerstone of your low carbon objectives? It all goes back, Rob, to that, com- that, that concept of energy waste and that energy waste accounting for up to 15% of your, your greenhouse gas emissions. I sort of mentioned a little while ago about the achieving up to 30%, up to 50% of your objective if you've set a reduction of 30%. But in addition to that, what really factors into this is the, the low cost, sort of high return aspect of, of energy conservation. One of the constraints facing uh, industries these days is to achieve your low carbon objective, it's going to require some significant capital input. We're in interest rates are going up. We're in a capital constrained environment and 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 all in sustaining capital costs are a key component of the indicators in the mining industry. Now you you compare that the the cost to really get to your sort of what they call net zero or really hit your reductions, people are focusing on on the big, big projects. A lot of that technology is not quite there yet. It will be down the line. And there's that that technology comes with with a big Capital, capital cost. But what energy conservation does, it gives you low cost, easy wins for energy conservation. So you can start working immediately towards your low carbon objectives and improve your cash flow at the same time. So it helps you move forward. It builds a foundation. And then to add to that, if you want to get to say net zero, most companies are going to need to look at some form of renewables or purchasing some form of offsets, if you've minimized the waste, if you're only using what you need to use, the amount of offsets and the amount of renewables you need will be will be minimized. So that really reduces the cost of your long-term energy conservation and, and low-carbon objective goals. And what will be the first step in achieving this? The first step, Rob, is to go back to saying, okay, well, I'm going to decide to do it. Yeah, At home, I had a, a tap that was dripping. I'm sure we've all had a taps that are dripping, and the tap will continue to drip until you change the washer. And it, if you don't change the washer, it's going to carry on, on dripping. And it's the same with energy waste. Compressed air systems don't suddenly get more efficient. Leaks don't fix themselves. Old lighting doesn't suddenly get more efficient. So the first thing is, is to make a decision as an organization as a whole to, to minimize waste and maximizing efficiency. And that is then driven by the implementation of, of some sort of energy management system. The Mining Association of Canada have the Towards Sustainable Mining Protocol. Uh, those protocols have been adopted by many countries around the world. And within that, they have a climate change protocol. And that really is a, a foundation for an awesome energy and greenhouse gas management system. So following the guidelines through that is, is important. and 
will, will help get you where you need to be. Or there's the ISO 50001 uh, Energy Management System. It's international standard for energy management. And that is focused on driving energy conservation and embedding energy conservation into the systems and processes of a company. So it becomes what all employees at the company do on a day-to-day basis as part of as part of just what they do. And how would you achieve this across, obviously, the, the entire organization? And obviously, some organizations are pretty large and have multiple, um, obviously, part of a large company, but multiple operations as well. Setting direction at a, a corporate level helps with the implementation at the various operations. The, the ISO 50001 Energy Management System, for example, sets an objective within that, within, that, uh, within that standard. You set an objective for what you want to achieve. You develop policy, and then that can roll out to the different operations. You've set the direction. And so following those systems, setting those systems up at a corporate level, setting that strategy and direction from a corporate level, and then rolling that out to the various operations. So you get consistency across the operations in terms of what we're doing, what our targets. So everyone's pulling in the same direction. So that energy management really helps get that direction, get that focus, and, and helps you to get to where you need to be. Why is engaging uh, your employees um, in your energy conversa- uh, conservation uh, so important? And um, how, I suppose, how do you go about doing that as an organization if you're obviously looking to implement some of these energy systems? Rob, that's my sort of area of, of passion. And uh, I'll get on my soapbox now and uh, start talking about this because it's something that I really believe in. Um, I certainly believe we're not in the in the mining industry. We're not in the energy management industry. We are in the people business. And you can have the best systems in the world, but if you don't have your people on board, it's worth it's worth nothing. And with energy management, it's particularly appropriate. Your employees are out there day in, day out. They see what is happening. They know where the improvements go. You just need to tap into that resource and harness what I call that, that hidden potential to help you with your energy management goals. And your employees are key, the key aspect to making that happen. And I often get asked, well, how do you engage employees in that process? And one way that has I've found has been particularly successful is to develop a process, a suggestion process for employees whereby they can make suggestions to help you improve Efficiency. Now, I'm sure you've heard of suggestion processes. Um, most people have some sort of suggestion process in place, but I find a lot of them to be pretty ineffective. So I've come up with a very simple three-step way to harness potential from employees, and that's called simplify, incentivize, and recognize. And those three steps will help. First of all, make it simple. Make it simple for people to make suggestions. I remember one suggestion campaign I was part of at another organization many years ago, and they wanted people to fill in rates of returns and feasibility analysis. And it was a very complicated thing. And people's eyes just <laughs> rolled into the back of their head thinking, no, this is too complicated. And no one did it. And the response was, was ridiculous. So it needs to be simple for people. It needs to be sort of, if you do it on an online system, just one click away from your, from your homepage, and people can start making a suggestion. One minute or 
too if you if you type like I do and it's done and even make it possible for people who don't have computer access. And that's what a lot of people at mining operations don't realize is that 60 to 70% of your folks are not on a computer all day. They are underground or on the surface or in the pit making things happen. So make it easy. If they see something, they can pick up the radio and call a central dispatch to log the suggestion for them. So just make it easy. The second one is incentivize, is to incentivize people to make suggestions. We ran sort of batched campaigns for for suggestions. And I got this idea because you I've seen people turn from from sort of beer swilling, pizza eating, pizza eating couch potatoes into sort of health conscious fitness advocates for six weeks of a campaign just because they could win a cap with a with a company logo. So we decided to incentivize and we made the prizes not expensive, but relevant to the topic. So for energy conservation, for instance, we would give random prizes for people who made suggestions, uh, LED lighting, for instance, or solar lighting, or, or hot water heater blankets, or just simple things like that to help improve efficiency, which drove the message home. And that incentivized program really helped. And this one, one campaign we ran, we got 127 suggestions through the course of the campaign. And what was awesome is that those suggestions didn't come from one area. It came from the whole cross-section of the mine, from maintenance to finance to procurement to mining to, to milling. All groups in the mine contributed something, which was fantastic. And then the last step is to recognize people. I firmly believe that not feeding back on a suggestion that comes through does less for morale than not, and not asking for suggestions in the first place. So you need to let people know that their suggestions have been heard, have been listened to, and they are acting on their suggestion. So regular feedback. We used uh, SharePoint to set up displays so people could log on to SharePoint and see the status of their, their suggestion. Has it been reviewed? Is it in progress? Has it been ignored? And then workflows to notify people who made suggestions, say, okay, look, you made the suggestion. This is where we are. We had public recognition, supervisors to recognize people who made suggestions, and people felt heard. I think in many organizations, you can find hundreds of suggestions to improve safety, maintenance, operations, discarded and ignored, like a, just like a single sock. <laughs> they just sit there and not be heard. So following a, a, implementing a good suggestion campaign doesn't only help with energy and energy management and conservation, but it can be applied to all aspects of your operation. And lastly, I suppose, what's the outlook for the industry around energy Conversation, uh, obviously, energy um, consumption. Looking at it as obviously trying to conserve, reduce waste, etc. What? How? How do you see the market developing, or obviously mining companies looking at this as an issue and tackling it? How do you see that over the next, say, twelve to eighteen months? The next twelve to eighteen months, many companies are, are focused on on a long term. GSG strategy. There's been research, development, uh, innovation happening uh, at the moment to help get us to where we need to be. But that's a longer term, a longer term focus. I think in the next 12 to 18 months, I don't see the needle moving too much in terms of the, the big technology wins. That's going to come later as the technology which has been worked on, being developed at the moment, is is commercialized and put into production and made. Readily, readily available. I know for for underground mining operations, we've seen many underground mining operations deploying battery electric equipment underground. 
Uh, that is readily available technology, which is currently being used at mines uh, across across Canada. I know for definite, uh, and that's something that's really helping to improve the efficiency, cleanliness, safety, and working environment uh, underground for employees. Funny those those underground battery electric vehicles. Not only are they emission free vehicles underground and use cleaner electricity, but also they use twenty percent of the energy that we found they use 20% of the energy of it compared to a, a diesel driven counterpart. So they're, they're more efficient as well. So that's one big thing that, that is happening and people are deploying currently going forward. I know Copper Mountain in, in, in British Columbia is also a, an open pit operation. I think I believe it's in, in, in Sweden that are using trolley assist on, on haul trucks. So that's te- existing technology that people are using at the moment to reduce emissions. Longer term, people are working on, on strategies for how are we actually going to achieve the targets that we, we, we've laid out. And there's a lot of focus on, on getting there in the longer term. But in the shorter term, energy conservation is going to be the route people can take to get the easy wins, to show progress towards those targets. And then as the, as the technology that's been worked on at the moment becomes commercially available and more cost effective, uh, we're going to see those, those technologies be implemented and emissions, emissions reduced. Andrew, really appreciate your time. Thank you for giving the, giving us your expertise around obviously uh, energy and conservation, and obviously you're talking about an important subject. And I think everyone that is listening should look at their own work and and just sort of take take five or ten minutes just to think about how they can actually reduce some of their waste um, and conserve en- energy, which obviously. As, as we're speaking, there's a lot of things happening around the world with energy. Um, so, yeah, appreciate um, you sharing your, your thoughts um, on your, obviously, expertise around, uh, around energy. If our audience wants to reach out to you, if they have any questions, um, how can they go about doing that? Can they find any of your work on social media at all? Yeah, uh, yeah, and first of all, Rob, appreciate the opportunity to to share the message. I believe it's important. You mentioned the energy uh, situation at the moment. It's it's important. It's a crisis around the world at the moment. So we can all do our bit to minimize waste and and maximize efficiency. If if folks are looking to get hold of me, they can definitely connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Andrew Cooper Energy on on LinkedIn, and on LinkedIn, I also have a, a monthly newsletter which comes out where people could read more about energy management and energy conservation. Great. Thank you for your time, um, Andrew. Um, hope your audience, hope you enjoyed the, this episode. Definitely um, educational, um, something that we all should be uh, looking looking at in our own lives daily, whether that's in work or even if it's outside of work. So, um, hopefully, it's, uh, Andrew's given you some ideas just to think about um, in your everyday everyday duties, responsibilities, um, tasks, and yeah, just take just take a few minutes just to think about what you're doing and how you can potentially save energy um, so we consume less, um, and obviously look at look at doing that uh, in waste as well. So, really appreciate your time for listening. Please share this episode amongst others others in the industry, but also people outside of the industry, again, because everyone is going to be affected by by energy. Um, so if we can reduce it, if everyone can just do that little, that little bit and be part of that, then obviously we'll have a brighter future. So until next time, happy mining. 
thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.